0: You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. As soon as you fall pregnant, people start telling you to appreciate your sleep. And while some of these comments are well-meaning, they aren't exactly helpful how does one prepare for sleep deprivation? Once it hits, it's unlike anything you've ever experienced. It can be exhausting, depressing and relentless. But understanding how our sleep changes once we become parents and the real physical toll it takes might help keep it all in perspective. Gemma Paik is a senior sleep scientist at the University of Newcastle. Hi, Gemma, how are you? I'm
1: good, thanks, Siobhan. How are you?
0: Good, thank you. Now, we we all know, uh, expecting parents know, that sleep can become broken once babies come into the picture. And we all know that's going to be hard. But do we know exactly how broken sleep impacts the average adult?
1: Yeah, we do to some extent. Uh, Obviously, it varies from individual to individual as to how much our sleep is disrupted. But we know that with broken sleep and sleep loss, this can affect our cognitive function. So that's our ability to make decisions, respond to things, Uh, emotional health. So we tend to get a little bit more emotional and might lead to a bit of depression and some other mental health illnesses. And we also know that it affects our physical health as well. So sleep loss has been associated with changes in hormones, which might lead to increased risk of developing cardiovascular diseases and diabetes and fun things like that. Oh, joy. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Do we know anything specifically about parents, like new parents, when they have young babies and how it might impact their sleep patterns?
1: A little bit. A lot of the research has been done on children's sleep, particularly at the moment, and a little bit less so on actual parents. But we do sort of know that because children don't always have a very set sleep-wake cycle, so that's the times that they're sleeping and for how long they're sleeping, particularly when they're newborns. This takes a big impact on parents because they get woken up multiple times during the night, they might not get full breaks during the daytime, um, and then that can impact on parents' sleep as well.
0: You mentioned a few things there that broken sleep can Um, you know, make things worse in terms of our physical and mental well-being. But do we know what's happening biologically to make you feel so awful? I remember with my kids, it was like this really weird feeling of somewhere between being hungover um, and slow and like you're moving through Mm -hmm. molasses you mentioned that hormones, etc., can be impacted. Do we mm-hmm. know specifically what is happening there to make those feelings just so huge?
1: A little bit. Some of this we're still currently investigating, but we know that particularly with some of the hunger hormones, things like we have changes to ghrelin and insulin, so it changes to secretion. Other hormones, such as growth hormone, for example, is really primarily Secreted during sleep so if you don't have a lot of sleep you might not get a lot a lot of growth hormone and that can particularly impact some of your physical health. And then some of the other changes are changes to neurochemicals in your brain, which may or may be accountable for some of the kind of cognitive grogginess. Like you mentioned, like that feeling of sort of being half hung over where you're kind of in a limbo land where you're not really fully awake,
0: but Mm -hmm. you're not
1: really fully asleep.
0: Yes. So when, uh, when you often go without sleep for a long time, if you can have a parent come in and watch your child or a a responsible adult, let's say, watch Mm -hmm. your child while you get a decent, decent night's sleep, can you ever recover that sleep debt? To
1: some extent. So we never really recover lost sleep hour for hour. But basically what happens is you have the slightly deeper sleep. So you might go into what we call deeper stages of sleep and it's a bit harder for you to be kind of woken up out of. So you sleep a little bit more solidly and you might sleep for a little bit longer but say if you've lost six hours over a week and then you have a big long sleep in, it's pretty unlikely that you're going to catch up all of those six hours, hour for hour and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so you can catch it up a little bit.
0: Why might parents still feel tired years after their babies have started sleeping better?
1: Yeah, so that's, that's the catch in it, is that you sort of never, because we can never really fully recover all the sleep that we've lost, sometimes it can take a really long time to, to kind of get back to a normal level. Um, and, you know, we don't know exactly how long it takes. It might vary on individual to individual. It might vary on the specific circumstance, so how much sleep people have lost. And, you know, that process might take a few months or it might take years in the case of parents. (laughs) um, Potentially, it can can be something that takes a really long time to recover. and, And I guess the key in that is as best you can to try to prepare as much as you can for sleep loss. And then when you do have the opportunity to sleep, trying to make the most of that opportunity so that your ability to recover from potential sleep loss doesn't take quite so long.
0: So, how do you prepare for sleep deprivation? As I mentioned in the introduction, when people say you're about to have a baby, you're going, you're never going to sleep again. Mm-hmm. It can be difficult to know exactly how you prepare for that. Like some people joke about putting their alarm on every four mm-hmm. hours, which I think is ridiculous because I'm like, just mm-hmm. sleep as much as you can while you can.
1: Pretty much, yeah, and that, and that's the key is just to try to sleep as much as you can when you can. And we know that, at least for in healthy young adults, we know that if people extend their sleep in preparation for a period of sleep loss, They can the outcomes of that sleep loss are a little bit better than if they hadn't prepared at all. So you might try and extend your sleep by half an hour or an hour each day if possible. Um, the caveat in that is that sometimes in later stages of pregnancy, particularly for women, Um, they can find it quite uncomfortable to sleep just because some of the physicality in it, uh, you might not be able to find a comfortable position to sleep. And so it can be a little bit tricky. And so early on in the pregnancy, if you can try and get as much sleep as possible, might be a little bit easier than sort of to the later stages of pregnancy.
0: Do you have any advice for parents who might be in a thick of sleep deprivation now?
1: I would just suggest, as much as you can to try to get as much sleep when you can. So if that means having to take naps during the daytime, so say you have a baby that's napping during the daytime, trying to take a sleep potentially with that baby or or at the same time as your baby or toddler to try to catch up on some of your sleep as well. I know sometimes people use that opportunity to try and do some of the things that they don't get to do, like housework or cooking, uh, but that might be an opportunity that you ask a friend or a family member hey, you know, I really need to have a sleep. Can you come over and help me do my washing while I have a nap or something like that? So using those resources so you can take time out potentially during the daytime to catch up on a little bit of sleep and then just trying to get as much as you can when you can.
0: Gemma, thank you so much for your time today.
1: No worries. Thank you.
0: That's Gemma Paik. She's a senior sleep scientist at the University of Newcastle.